This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Sales of new cars and trucks in the American market sank even more last month. The SAR, or Seasonally Adjusted Annual Rate, fell to only 12.6 million vehicles, well below what automakers were expecting. In April, the SAR was 14.5 million, and a year ago, it was 16.9. Automakers sold 1.1 million vehicles in May, down nearly 24% on a daily selling rate basis. But for some automakers, it was even worse. Mazda saw its sales plummet over 60%. Honda was down 54%. JLR dropped 48%. And in fact, Jaguar only sold 791 vehicles last month, which is scary bad. Audi and VW also saw major drops. Only two automakers were able to boost sales on a daily selling rate basis. Tesla was up a staggering 175%, and Ford posted a 4.6% increase. The EV segment was one of the few bright spots, with sales up 94% over a year ago, and BEVs achieved a major milestone. Consumers bought 57,804 BEVs, which accounted for over 5% of all new car sales which we believe is a record for market share for battery-powered vehicles in the U.S. market. And even though Tesla sales keep growing, it looks like Elon Musk thinks they're going to start to fall. Reuters reports that he wants to cut 10% of all employees at Tesla, which would come to about 10,000 people. Musk says he has, and I quote, a super bad feeling about the economy and thinks a recession is on the way. He also told employees they can no longer work from home and that if they don't spend 40 hours a week at the office, Tesla will assume that they have resigned. But that prompted immediate pushback in Germany and the Netherlands, where it's illegal to fire employees without negotiating with works councils to come up with severance packages. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. The U.S. Postal Service has been heavily criticized for not buying enough electric delivery trucks. So it started what it calls a network improvement plan to expand the number of electric vehicles in its fleet. That does include the ugly next-generation delivery vehicle, but it potentially includes e-bikes as well. They're made by a company based in the U.S. called Coaster Cycles and are fitted with a large cargo box. Power is fed to the rear wheels by a Bosch electric motor that's mated to a CVT, and with cargo capacity of 400 pounds, range will vary from the 500-watt-hour battery depending on the load. The USPS is still in the testing phase, but e-bikes will make a lot of sense over a big delivery vehicle wherever there's a dense enough population. Automakers around the world are trying to line up the raw materials they need for EV batteries that don't come from China. 
So Stellantis is partnering with Controlled Thermal Resources, or CTR, for sustainably sourced lithium that will come from the Salton Sea in California. It's part of CTR's Hell's Kitchen project, where it recovers lithium from geothermal brines using renewable energy and steam to produce lithium in a closed-loop process. That means no water is wasted. CTR will supply Stellantis with 25,000 metric tons of lithium hydroxide per year over the 10-year deal, which will be used to produce EV batteries in North America. Last year, the automakers signed a similar deal for European EV production. Wuling has torn up the Chinese sales charts with its cheap little Hongguang Mini EV, and now it's looking to do the same in other regions of the world. It just revealed the Air EV for global markets that looks a little like the Mini EV and is built on the same platform. Power options are also the same as the Mini EV Game Boy Edition that we showed off the other day, either 30 or 50 kilowatts of power and ranges of 200 or 300 kilometers based on the Chinese test cycle. The Air EV will also be sold in China, but its first foreign market will be Indonesia. At Schaeffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves. The future of Michigan is extraordinarily bright. Um, we have such incredible assets, and I think more and more we're realizing how to put those together in a way that's going to help this state really help lead the nation uh, as we go forward. General Motors' autonomous unit Cruise just hit a big milestone, becoming the first company to operate a commercial driverless ride-hailing service in the U.S. It received a permit from the California Public Utilities Commission to be able to charge for driverless rides. Cruise will gradually roll out the service in San Francisco to begin with, but it did not say when it will be available in other markets. Mercedes revealed U.S. pricing for the EQB electric SUV. The 225-horsepower, 304-matic trim starts at $55,550, and the 288-horsepower, 354-matic version has a starting price of $59,100. The new EQB goes on sale this summer in the U.S. I think it takes a special breed of person for a Porsche 911 GT3 owner to go, you know what? This car just isn't fast enough. But that's exactly what the new Manthe Performance Kit will do for current model owners. The massive rear wing is not going to be for everyone's taste, but it serves a very useful purpose to improve downforce. And there are a number of aerodynamic aids with this package. It includes a bigger spoiler lip and side air flaps at the front, underbody air guides, the rear diffuser is bigger, and made of carbon fiber reinforced plastic. And so are the aero discs that cover part of the rear wheels. There's also a special four-way coil-over suspension system and lightweight wheels. In fact, 
there are no changes to the powertrain with the Manthe package. The only options are 21-inch wheels instead of 20-inch, special racing brake pads, and Michelin race tires. But the car lapped the Nürburgring almost 4.2 seconds faster than a standard 911 GT3. And here's a story that not many people are aware of. The first car that Toyota tried to sell in the United States in 1957 was called the Toyopet. It was a frumpy-looking small four-door sedan with a weird name that was underpowered, prone to overheating, and had severely undersized brakes. In fact, the Toyopet was so out of its element that no one wanted them. Toyota literally had to load them back on ships and send them back to Japan. But Toyota didn't give up. It learned from its mistakes, designed an entirely new car that would appeal to Americans, and launched the Corolla in 1968. It was an instant success, and Toyota kept building on that success until last year. It became the top-selling car company in America. But that brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for making AutoLine part of your day. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. Scheffler, we pioneer motion. And by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details. And rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.